0: So we haven't done this in quite some time, but today Dustin, our executive pastor, and I are going to actually co-teach, and we're going to do that because we're going to take advantage of, just coming off of the end of our Holy Spirit series, take advantage of this time to talk together, to have what we call a family update. So Dustin's going to start us out, Matt. All right, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we can come
1: together. Thank you for your relationship with each one of us. We thank you that you are our Savior and thank you for usness, togetherness here this morning, that we can just be um, encouraged by hearing someone else sing out, someone else say, How are you doing? Thank you for our life and the salvation that's found through Jesus. We thank you for the freedom to come here and worship this morning. Our hearts go out to the churches affected by violence and anger. And and our hearts break for any kind of tragedy like that. We Thank you again for your love for us, for your salvation. And that we can celebrate that this morning. We can be reminded of it. And as a people, we can show your love to others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So as a pastor, I get to see some pretty neat stories, some really heartfelt stories from time to time. And so this morning is a little bit about us opening a few windows on our church family to you and just saying, hey, these are some snapshots about what we're seeing God do among us. And so that's a little bit of our family update this morning. Also, as we talk or you might hear us say the word mission or vision points, As pastors, we're sort of instructed to to help make them a reality. Like, I always say, put feet on vision. Like, what's it look like with flesh and blood or with a shirt on? What's it look like in a tangible way? And so we're going to try to touch on that this morning. And uh, it's fall. I think it's winter. It sure feels like it. And um, most people were done with their summer vacationing. So we felt like now was a good time where most of us were together and we could kind of catch up with one another. Um, So, uh, we look forward to, to sharing a little bit of our heart, our insight with you this morning.
0: And so, our mission as a church, our call as a church is to initiate and nurture a growing relationship with Christ. And that is MBIC's capture of the Great Commission. Because the thing that you and I have to know is our mission, we don't get to choose it Our mission has been given to us, and it's been given to us by Christ. And that ties us back to to where we've been over these last six Sundays, because for us, our our power source in this mission is the Holy Spirit. We see this in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8, where Jesus says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And just that one verse reinforces the thing that we said over and over again in our Holy Spirit series. And it's as the Holy Spirit magnifies Jesus to you, know that the Holy Spirit will aim to magnify Jesus through you. That it's, that it's God's presence, that God's power with us and available to us as we seek to be present to, to Mannheim and the surrounding communities and the world around us. To be present, you in your own individual lives as you are present to to your families and in your home and in your neighborhood and at your job and at school us as a church, as we are present together corporately to Mannheim and beyond.
1: And so in studying this week, we actually just made up a word to try to capture what the Holy Spirit was about. Um, we're not English teachers, we're pastors, we figured we would be allowed to make up a word, and so it's called with usness." ness and, and hopefully this sticks in your mind as you go out of here. God with us, but then this, like it goes beyond us. The way I capture my, the way I understand best the Holy Spirit, is the way John wrote it out when the, Jesus came to the disciples after the resurrection, and they're trying to pull life together, try to figure out what's next. Jesus comes in and says, "Peace be with you." So the first thing he offered peace, and they said, "Let me let me help you understand what just happened." God sent me, the Father sent me. Likewise, I'm sending you out. So God sent me to be a blessing, to share. And now I send you out to be a blessing and to share. And he said, Oh, by the way, as you go, and he sa- it says, He breathed on them. And he says, May the Holy Spirit be with you. Now, this with usness is sort of restored after being so broken many, many years before that. We get this idea that, that maybe the garden, there was a lot of great fellowship and with usness going on, and there was peace with God, but then it was broken by man's decision to sin. To say, no, God, I got this, I'll do it our way, if that's okay. And it wasn't okay. And they had to be cast out of the garden. And so in Genesis 3.15, we we have this image of the problems, but also we have a slight indication that God is already working a plan. Already working a plan to, again, restore with usness. Genesis 3.15. This is right after uh, God addressed the snake, cursed the snake for the snake's part in this whole mess, but now looks at man and woman. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. The last line refers to what happens during Holy Week, that Jesus would be put down, he would be struck, he would be knocked out. But the third line is over top of that that he would strike your head. And we have this image of the grave will not hold him down. O death, where is thy sting? Because the third line is Jesus conquering all, handing us a victory that could not be ours on our own. And the idea that God is present, even at the beginning of Genesis, to when Jesus came. So it... Yeah, uh, John captures it in this. So, John, sorry. So, the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unloving love, of unfailing love, and of faithfulness. And we have seen his glory in the glory of the Father's one and only Son, that God would come and be with usness.
0: We see a similar thing in Matthew chapter one where where we see that the rescuer has come. And in Matthew, there's some connecting of the dots of this Old Testament prophecy. We see this in verses 22 and 23 of Matthew one. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That Jesus comes to us, that Jesus is is, is present with us, that Jesus comes to be one of us, this is the gospel. That Jesus lives this perfect life and gives you and I his perfect record and takes from us our sin-stained record and pays the penalty for that sin. And then conquers sin and conquers death, comes back from the dead and offers us forever life, offers us new life, full life, free life, with him being present with us through the person of the Holy Spirit. We see this in John chapter 16. Dustin talked about this. Jesus says, but in fact, it is best for you, disciples, for you that I go away, Jesus says, because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. That Jesus sends his spirit that brings us, us back full circle back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. That it is the Holy Spirit's present with us that empowers us to live out and to be the church. That is present to the community and the world around us in our own individual lives and through our efforts together as a church.
1: Emmanuel, God with us. Our advent is approaching, and you'll sure to be hearing that said many times. But that God would come and be present and share with us, I think that extends to now and is in many ways the story we're trying to capture here at Mannheim BSC Church. To be present, to share, to be among others, to be present and share God with a friend, with a neighbor, with a stranger. It it takes on this practicality. What does it look like as it becomes real? And we've chosen to center our efforts, our actions around this statement, this mission to initiate and nurture a growing relationship with Christ. And so Brian asked us last week, what kind of church do we want to be? Are we a gutsy church that will choose to rely on the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit? And so this morning, we want to give you some, some of these snapshots, open a few windows and say, "This is what we see what's going on. This is what we're excited about as pastors here. This is where we see God moving.
0: And so our very first snapshot really is Sunday morning. that it's this story. That we are invited to to play a part in this story, to live in this story, to invite others into this story. That it's our mission to initiate and nurture a growing relationship with Christ that drives for us everything that we do drives who we are as a church. So on Sunday mornings, there is no way that you could have sung the songs that we sang together a few moments ago and not walk away with the idea that Jesus is the hero here at Mannheim BIC. This being centered on Christ, really our first vision point, that we are Jesus-centered in everything that we do, to center on Jesus is, is the goal of our time together each and every Sunday as we work hard to see our need and the brokenness in our lives and that we need Christ moment by moment by moment as we look to how, has, how God has loved us through his son. And in the face of, of, of such overwhelming love against the reality of the fallen world that we do live in, we have got to be a church where it is okay to not be okay. If I sat down and talked with every single person in this room this morning, you would have my I am not okay stories. Dustin has those stories, I have those stories, but in that not being okay, where are we going to go? Will you run to Christ or will you run from Christ? Because our reality is this, you get one shot at this thing that we call life. An abundant, full, free life will only ever be found in Jesus. Jesus. And so we are constantly encouraging you, run to Christ.
1: Another window into how mission touches the ground would be adoption and foster care. Several times this year, um, I have it in my memory, families walking in with a kiddo that they may have adopted or, or there was a foster care placement. And it was the first time that they had come to church. And, and I wonder in my head, like, what's running through that kid's head? But I'm excited that we have a support group here. We have a, a time where they come together and they eat meals together. Um, we also have a, a large financial fund that helps in both grants and loans for adopted families. And as a pastor who's been involved in youth and kids ministry, I'm just excited that we have a great place for them to call a church home. It's great to support the families as the kids come into that home, but at the same time, that pushes me and says, I want us to be a great place to be a church family to that kiddo. It might be the first church family they've ever had. It excites me, and it's part of our mission.
0: Another snapshot that we want to bring to you this morning is missions. So a few moments ago, I talked about Sunday mornings here at Mannheim BIC, but MBIC is called to proclaim Christ, not just here, but in the every area that we reach. And so we are always looking to equip you in in your missionary identity. And again, that's another of our vision, vision points. And our vision points here just cascade out of our mission. Because if we are to be the church beyond these four walls, then relationships and community and serving those around us have to be constant drivers for us. As you spend the majority of your time, not here, the majority of your time at home, with your family, at your job, at your school, in your neighborhood, we are are driving to equip you and what it looks like to live out your love relationship with Jesus. We're sending short-term teams all over the place. This past year, we had people who were in Europe and the Caribbean and in Latin America. We had a team that went down to Texas to respond to the hurricane there. We've had teams in Appalachia, in Alaska, in Philadelphia, in Juniata County, and right here in Mannheim. We have people that have gone out from this church family to serve long-term overseas. We have people that are in that process of, of getting ready to go. We support Brethren in Christ World Missions, our denomination, as they send people all over the globe. But all of this ties back to our mission of presenting Jesus and lifting him high.
1: Next is membership. And we have a new membership process. For the longest time, people ask us, hey, we came here. We really like it. We'd like to be members. How do we do that? And we said, I don't know. Talk to Brian. And then Brian would say, yeah, talk to Dustin. I don't know. We, we hadn't really ironed it out for a while. But we fixed that. But, but now we've worked on it. Um, so we're excited about this. I think it matches who we are. Um, this is not about being an exclusive club or filtering out people that we don't really like. Um, but it's about, it's about people signing on and wanting to be a part of what we're doing here. Um, in light of the, the quote that we've mentioned a lot from Francis Chan, the church should look a little bit more like a gym than a movie theater. More a part of thing, getting, getting dirty, getting messy, than just spectating. And so maybe if you sign on and someone asks you why you did that, you say, well, it's kind of like this church gym membership thing, and maybe that'll like stir up some good conversation. But we're excited that 21 individuals have signed up so far for our next class, which is actually like our first class, December 10th, and then we'll have another one in the spring. If you're interested, you can uh, fill out a paper back at the welcome desk in the lobby and let me know if you can make the first one or maybe the next one in the spring and we'll get you signed up. But we're excited about this new process that we did not have for a while.
0: Even our facility, the, the space that God has blessed us with. When I first came on to staff here at Mannheim BIC some six years ago, I heard on repeat that if we are just using this facility for us, If we are just using this facility on the weekends, then we are doing this wrong. And so last week, November 1st, was a Wednesday. And in the evening, we we had this place hopping with kids. So kids that were here for Quest, which is our our K through 4th Wednesday evening group. And we had 5th and 6th graders here. And we had 7th and 8th graders here. We had adults that were here. But then rolling into that next day on on Thursday, this place was still hopping. In the morning we had our, our weekday preschool kids here. So so in, in preschool we have over hundred and twenty kids that were or that, that are enrolled. We open up our gym for people to walk the perimeter of our gym for exercise, so they were here. Our friendship club, which is our ministry for, for those who are 55 and over, they were here for their monthly gathering, had, had a concert in the chapel, and then had lunch together over in the activity center. We partnered with a group of counselors, so there was counseling that was happening here that day. We had a, a large community funeral that happened in this room. Teen Central, a ministry to the teens and outreach to the teens here in Mannheim, they were in our Warehouse 54 space for their fall fundraiser. And I'm probably missing some things, but this place was absolutely hopping, but that is exactly what we want. We want this facility to, to be a resource to our community because it gives us a chance to share the love of Jesus. We see our facility
1: as a tool a uh, way to put mission into something tangible, and it can be messy at times, and we do the best we can to clean it up. But um, I want to mention a quote from uh, Ted Beck. He, he'd be a local funeral director we've worked with for years, and uh, he's out of Buk Funeral Home. And he was setting up uh, last week, and, and I was just chatting with him, and he said, you have a great place here. I just love using this place. I smile when I come in here. And then, so I called him up two days later, and I said, Ted, can you tell me more about what you were trying to tell me? I'd like to relay that to the congregation. And he said this. He said, Dustin, I never saw a church use their resources so well to build facilities that work so well. Your place is beautiful inside and out, yet so functional. And that's coming from someone who's absolutely packed this place out with another hundred chairs in the back for large funerals. So he's really pushed us to the limits. He said, one more thing. As I've worked with people in this community... Year after year after year, I've watched the Mannheim community consistently look at this church as a resource, especially in times of tragedy and of crisis.
0: Another way that we pursue our mission is financially. I've shared this with you before, but again, when I first came on staff, Pastor Lou, his, who is now retired living in Florida, Pastor Lou would say to me over and over again that this church family will, will blow you away by their generosity, and he was absolutely right. The way that this church responds to needs, the way that, that, that this church gives, and our church's generosity is absolutely an act of worship, us responding to the beauty and love that is ours through Christ. The way that this church gives of its time, the way that you volunteer, the way that this church gives through finances is nothing short of incredible. And so when you invest in this church family, you're investing in our mission and our church leadership through our leadership board and our finance team and through our staff. We're always looking to use those finances to align us to our call and to our mission.
1: So we do a family update actually every week in the bulletin. Um, I've always wondered personally if I would do an income and expense uh, report for my own family, if maybe they would turn out the lights when they're done in a room and maybe not turn the heat up so high. So Kelly, can I borrow that bulletin real quick? So in this bulletin, uh, you're going to see a few numbers. Now one number you're not going to see is the number 275. And 275 is how many regular givers we have in our offering envelope slash um, online giving system. And so we have been up to 292, and we're down at 275 right now. So definitely a goal of ours in a leadership board would be to see that number creep up again past 292. For more people to be a part of what we're doing here. And then uh, in the general fund, you're going to see that we budgeted so far um, 1.088. Um, 235. And so we haven't quite brought that in, but yet at the same time we watch that carefully and we try to control our expenses as much as possible to, to keep in line with the income coming in. So we have a little bit of a push here at the end of the year to nail our general fund. And I know we can do it. We've done it year after year and you can be a part of that. Now there's one more fund that's a biggie that I want to mention and that's called the capital debt fund. And if you were here, um, came here past 2010, you might not even know a whole lot about this. But we did a really large project. The building committee started in like '03 and went through like 2010. So that's a seven-year project. And we talked and talked and talked and met and met and, and raised and raised. And many of you have been part of that. Um, but we've built a great place, a great facility that we use seven days a week. Um, but in this, at the beginning, uh, we had big dreams, and it came out to like $15 million, and we said, that's crazy, let's back it up to $12 million. We looked at that and said, we can still do more with less. Let's do $10 million, and at the end of it, we actually came in under budget. I don't know any church that actually does that, but we did, and it was just over $9 million, and we've paid off a ton of money in the past several years, but we are at two point one. That's our debt left. Now half of that, just over half of that is private loans with our own people. Some interest, some non-interest. We're very, very pleased with that. It's worked really well for us. um, And we just renegotiated several of those. So we have this bank debt then. That is just under $1 million now. And so the goal that our leadership board has given to our church is let's let's nail down $600,000 this year. And then a little bit less than that next year, we'll pay off the bank debt. We're all very excited about that. Um, But I want to give you an update. So $600,000 will be the blue. That's our goal. And so far, we've done the red. Um, So we have a little bit further to go. It's going to have to be like a nice jump here at the end of the year. Um, So if you are interested in partnering with us on this, anything you give is going to increase the red to catch up with the blue. That puts us in an incredible spot for next year.
0: The last snapshot that we want to bring to you of us pursuing mission is an area that is incredibly exciting for me, and that is our children's ministry. Last week as we ended our series on the Holy Spirit where we talked about the Spirit's leading in our church, that question that we danced with was if MBIC is following the leading of the Holy Spirit, what should be MBIC's appetite for, for gutsy moves? And we said that, that because the, the Holy Spirit is God Almighty, our a- appetite for, for gutsy and bold and courageous moves should be off the charts. That's not because of who we are, but that's because of who God is. God is not going to lead this church someplace and then not provide for us. And so so this morning we want to talk to you about a gutsy move, a need that we have so that you are aware of how exciting our children's ministry area is and how that excitement has created space challenges for us.
1: So we have a video that really tells the full story of, of kind of what we're up against or what we're, what we're looking at carefully. I want to set the video up with three slides. I'm going to fly through them real fast. Um, currently on Sundays um, in the nursery, we would be seeing nine students a lot at one time. The room's really set up for about nine students uh, and staff. Kindergarten, 16 students. Uh, the room's really set up for about 20 in first grade, consistently, we're getting around 21 students at a time, and the room's really set up for about 20. And then add staff in there as well. Sundays. Um, then, the, the, now, the younger ones really need to stay in those classrooms. They're set up for those grades and those ages. But then, the older kids, we can move them around a little bit more. So, we've moved them out of the small classrooms they were in and moved them into multi-purpose space that we set up and tear down all the time. Uh, second grade, 16. Third grade, 16. Fourth grade, 15. On a Wednesday night, we absolutely use every space in this facility, and begun to move some of the third and fourth grade classes out into adult space, into the chapel, into hallways, into lobbies. We absolutely fill this place up, and this past Wednesday, our numbers bumped up again. So that is just the quick number um,
0: snapshot of what we're faced with. And so it's important for me to, to point out that we are in this position. All of this, this excitement in children's ministry that, that we have this need because God has blessed us. That, that's the why of expanded space. The why of meeting this need is that it will allow us to present Christ. Again, that's our mission. To present Christ to these children that God is bringing to us as we seek to, to present Jesus to the kids, your kids, of our MBIC family, as we seek to, to present Jesus to the kids in our community so that they would know the full and abundant life that only Jesus offers, so that they would experience Christ's love through our church, we wanna show you, we wanna give you a quick glimpse of what that looks like through this video that we shot two weeks ago. Can we have the video?
2: We are blessed with so many young families here at Mannheim BIC Church. Over eight weeks this fall, we've had 18 visiting families, many of which have returned to attend in recent weeks. The number of children involved in our ministry has remained at an all time high. There are kids here all week long. Monday through Friday, we have a preschool serving 127 local children. On Wednesday nights, we minister to over 100 elementary age children, and Sundays are our largest ministry effort with over 200 children attending Sunday school classes. We love having so many children and families involved here at Mannheim BIC. However, our numbers on Sundays have forced us to make several difficult decisions around our use of facility and space, which involve moving second, third, and fourth grade out of their usual classrooms and setting up temporary classrooms for them each week in multi-purpose rooms. While we do this, our nursery, kindergarten, and first grade are all pushing the limits of the space available to us. We are actively making space adjustments every week and have begun to dream of ways to address the current growth and plan for the future. At MBIC, we have a long tradition of offering fun and interactive Wednesday night programs for elementary age children. We're bursting at the seams here as well, and have moved our fourth grade class out of the children's wing and into the chapel. In many ways, this fall we've rebranded our Wednesday night program, now called Quest. We've added a meal beforehand for our leadership team, which is a great time for connection before the kids arrive as well as a partnership with our church Sunday worship team as they lead our kids in worship every Wednesday night during their own rehearsal time. grew by 50 students last year by mid-January, so we're gearing up to be prepared for 140 elementary students in the next couple months. Our leadership team is so excited to host all of these kids on a Wednesday night, but we're not quite sure how to accommodate all of that growth. While we're doing our best to creatively use the space available to us, we are left with exciting and challenging questions, such as, if visiting families see a vibrant kids' ministry, do they also see room for their children to join in? How do we move classes around to best handle the current growth? And how do we prepare for what's next?
0: That's an awesome video. (laughs) But it's that question, what's next? This is the question that we now, as a church family, that we need to work through. Because of the way that God has led. Because of the way that God has has blessed MBIC and is blessing our church. Because of the way that God is blessing our children's ministry that has, has led us to this place of dreaming how expanded space will increase our ability to do exactly what God has called us to do. To be a church family that's on mission, presenting Christ's love, living out Christ's love right here where he had placed us.
1: So our leadership board has been taking these these numbers and this situation very seriously. Um, We had a a team commissioned uh, in the spring to start looking at, hey, what do we do? Where are we at? Um, Some other things that came to the top with this team was A, uh, our handicap parking is maxed out. And what could we do to have uh, better handicap parking as well as make this area a little more accessible? And another thing would be security, making sure we have a secured children's area that makes sense and is working well. And third would be faith formation. Uh, What would it look like to allow our faith formation classes to have an extra room on a Sunday morning? Now, with these ideas, okay, come all kinds of questions. Uh, You know, number one, we don't have a catchy phrase to tell you right now. We don't have, like, things to hand out or shirts to put on. Um, We didn't hire an outside consulting firm. Uh, We don't exactly know how to proceed with the existing debt that we have. So all these are real-life questions that are coming up as we're just talking about, hey, this is the situation we're in. But we think we need to keep it simple and keep relying on God and work together. So a team is really hammering down what details we need to uh, get out to you. Is there a timeline? What kind of price are we looking at? And, and as we get those out, we're going to look for opportunities to get feedback, to do Q&A with our congregation, all leading up to congregational council, which is at the end of January. We meet on a Sunday night, and we talk all kinds of business, and we give away really good milkshakes.
0: So this morning, we have given you the snapshots, our Sunday mornings together, our adoption ministry, the people and the teams that we have sent out as a church family. Membership, what it looks like to, to belong, this opportunity to belong to this church family as a member. Our facility and our finances and, and, and children's ministry. And know that we could go on and on with that list. But this list, just some of the examples of how we are pursuing our call, pursuing our mission As a church family, as we are at this place where we need to talk about what's next for our children's ministry, the real question that I have is this, how can you help us as we pursue what's next so that you are a part of what's next? How how can you pray for our church family? Will, Will you pray that we clearly see God's leading for our kids? how can you serve this church family how can you volunteer how can you you care for this church family how can you invest in and give to this church family how can you help us stay unified how can you help us stay focused on our mission because our call our mission is to proclaim and to live out the love of jesus as we seek to to initiate and nurture a growing relationship with Christ to our community, to our MBIC family, to our adults and our students and our kids. And you and I, this church, you and I together have been invited by Christ to step into this mission in a gutsy way. So how can you help us as we pursue what's next? Won't you pray with me? Father, this morning, that question, our prayer is that you would allow us to see, that as you lead us, as you guide us, that you would give us clarity, that you would give us wisdom so that we can, we can love this church family well, love the world around us well. We pray that, that, that you would help us, help us to stay unified, help us to have a crystal clear focus on the mission that you call us to. And we do all of this because of who you are, because our desire is to see you glorified that is your call to us, allow us to respond in obedience to that call. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus.